Well, I want to thank, uh, thank the church again, thank Pastor Reno. It's been a blessing to be with y'all. And just, uh, just want to share with y'all uh, my vision. As you saw, if you want to take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And the verse that was in our video, it's kind of the theme verse that we, that we have. Acts 20, verse 24. And just looking at the life of Paul and the challenges that he overcame, the challenges uh, that, he, uh, that he accepted, and looking at his life and what his ministry meant, uh, talking about missions and how it impacted a world. And as I came across this verse, I came across it sometime about, uh, I believe last year I was doing a Sunday school lesson about missions. And I came across this verse and it kind of just uh, knit my heart and it's been with me ever since. And uh, just uh, as I was putting our missions stuff together, realizing that I wanted that to be our focus, uh, to keep my eyes on that verse. And as we, wherever we went, whether it was the Philippines, wherever it was, and it could be in the U.S. later on, it could be uh, somewhere else in the world, wherever God calls me to, just to realize that, no, this verse, I wanted to be a part of my theme life. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, it says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Dimly Father, Lord, I thank for this morning. Lord, I just thank for the privilege that I get to stand behind here and preach your word. Lord, just ask that you'd be with us, teach every single one of us. Lord, touch us. Lord, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your words this morning. Lord, just ask that I could speak to someone this morning. Lord, just the truths of, uh, that you spoke to us as Paul was testifying through this verse, Lord, of what, uh, what the ministry meant to him and his life meant to him, Lord, to reach people. Lord, just ask you be with us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You think one of the greatest challenges in this world... One of the greatest physical challenges that I think of in this world is, uh, is thinking about uh, climbing a mountain, how sometimes the, in the Bible, even the Bible uses that illustration of climbing a mountain sometimes, but even using the illustration of, of climbing Mount Everest, the tallest mountain in this world, and looking at the first person that ever decided to climb that mountain and realized that it took some preparation, it probably took some planning, it took some training, uh, but most of all, it, 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 took it, it took an acceptance and realizing the challenge that was in front of them, the challenge of climbing this great mountain, and that challenge that they accepted, it all started somewhere, it started somewhere in the line, they didn't just think of it one day and then the next day they went out and did it. They had to come, there had to be a point in his life, that person's life to realize that they wanted to, what that challenge was, even though it was so great. And we look at Paul's life and looking at the spiritual challenge, the, the challenge that, God, that Christ had challenged him with. And I want to give you this thought this morning, and this, the title of this message is Challenge Accepted. And realizing Paul's ministry, the challenge that he overcame, uh, the, 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 the circumstances, the, the, the determination that he had to finish what God called him to do, how God changed his life this morning. Uh, as you look at the time, I'm going to be very brief this morning. I told pastor, I, I'm, I'm a short preacher, I'm sweet and to the point. So I'm going to give you four, four things this morning that I saw in this verse uh, that I wanted to apply to my life and to realize the, the four things that Paul says in this verse and how he applied it to his ministry and how he was able to become a big influence and a big impact in this world, talking about missions. Number one I see in this verse this morning is the, is the decision. 
He says in here, he says, but none of these things move me that I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. And you look at the decisions that Paul made in his life and the, the decisions that he made. Now, first of all, I see is this decision of salvation. I know Pastor Preach, if you were in Sunday school this morning, he talked about it and taught about it this morning about Paul's conversion. If you will look over with me to Acts chapter 9, this was just after Christ had come to him in the bright light and Christ, uh, God had spoke to him and, he, and Paul was on his way to uh, Damascus to persecute Christians. And this decision, this turning point in Paul's life of how God called him uh, from someone persecuting Christians and now he was the one uh, God calling him out and saving him and he says here and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales and he received sight for us uh, sight forwith and arose sorry I'm in verse number 18 Acts chapter 9 verse 18 and verse number 19 it says and when he had received meat he was strengthened, then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he was the son of God. No pastor said it was it was a couple years that he was with the disciples, and, uh, but you realize that the point uh, that God, God called him out from being someone that persecuted Christians now to someone uh, that was going out and preaching the gospel, and as he testifies in our in our text verse, he says uh, the gospel he received of the Lord of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God, and Realize as he took that decision and the turning point in his life, this decision that Paul decided to make and how he was able to challenge other people, how he was, out, how he was able to preach uh, the gospel. If you look over in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, uh, he, he testifies here, Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. Paul says here, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And you see Paul here, he's inclining that he wants his life to be like Christ. He realized what God called him from and where he is now today and what he wants to, he wants to be a part of Christ. He wants Christ to be a part of his life. He uses this word in this verse. He says, nevertheless. If you look up what that word nevertheless means, it means in spite of. And you realize in spite of what, uh, what Paul had ever done in his life, of Paul murdering and persecuting Christians, in spite of all of that, God decided to still use him if he Paul, he called him out and he changed, he changed his life and realized that point of, he says, nevertheless, and in spite of no matter what he's done, he said, Christ liveth in me. He says that at this point, Christ lives in me now and Christ is a part of my life and I want that to be uh, the deciding factor. Now God's part of my life. I'm going to do everything I can for him. I'm going to do everything in part of it. And he answers this, he answers it at the end of this verse and you, you wonder why. And he says it at the end of this verse, he says, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, a God so big and God so powerful and so mighty of how God decided to change this man's life. And how he was a murderer and he was a persecutor of Christians. And how God changed his life. And you're realizing the love that he gets to now share, the love that he gets to now spread, and the gospel that he gets to now preach, all because of God changing his life and seeing that decision of this deciding factor of salvation, of how Paul let the salvation affect his life, and now he was able to go out and choose. And we don't know, uh, hopefully most of us here are saved today. If you're, if you're not, you realize that salvation is the greatest choice that you could ever make in your life. And the joy that it comes um, from being part of God's family and the joy that we get to serve Christ and realizing that decision that you make of salvation, of how it imp impacts uh, the people you come across daily. And this all the number one is this decision of salvation. Number two, in this verse I see back in our text verse, 
about uh, this decision. Number two is I see Paul made a sacrifice. He says back in Acts 20, verse 24, he says, Neither count I my life dear unto myself. He, saw, he thought of himself, he thought of himself so little, and he realized he was going to sacrifice himself. Whatever God had called him to do, God changing his life now, God was able to use him, and then it all became in that point of, of, of being a sacrifice, of being a sacrifice of him using his body, of looking him beyond himself, and realizing what God was calling him to do, of how he has to be a sacrifice. He says in Romans 12, 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, before, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy except one to God which is your reasonable service he says present your body as a living sacrifice realize every anything that we're, we're going to do for God we realize we have to give ourselves to him and he testifies in first Corinthians he says I die daily and one of the greatest examples of a person looking beyond himself looking beyond his flesh and realizing that God had called what God had placed upon his life the uh, the ministry that God put into his life and where he was where he was calling him to and this decision of sacrifice of him giving himself giving himself to God, giving himself to, 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 uh, to reach other people for Christ. And uh, we see this sacrifice, part of his verse, uh, back in Galatians chapter 2, this third decision I see that Paul had made was of a sound faith. And you realize, in Gla- I used in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, and he says, which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You realize this decisions that Paul, uh, when God changed his life, the decision of salvation, and then sacrificing himself, and now this sound faith that he has, and you realize that he was going to teach those people that, he, that were under him, he was going to teach them. He wasn't going to let this gospel just slip aside, and he gives testimony as he was writing the letter to Timothy, his own son of the faith. If you want to look over me, I'm going to give you two references here in the book of 2 Timothy. Uh, the first one is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12. Here, and you realize that Paul's teaching that it was sound, it was, it, was, it was correct, it was truthful. And as he was teaching his own young people, his own uh, preachers of the gospel, he, he realized he had to stay in, in God's word. He had to stay uh, in the truth. And uh, the first uh, reference is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. It says, For the which... For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I knew whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and in love which is in Christ Jesus. And if you will turn over a page over to chapter 4 verses 2. Chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after that their own lust shall they heap to themselves uh, teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. And you realize as Paul was trying to teach others around him, as he was trying to make, he made this decision that his teaching was going to come from God's word, as his teaching was going to come straight from God. He wasn't going to turn aside. He said there's people that are going to one day turn aside and they're going to look uh, to man's philosophies and man's ideas. But he wasn't going to quit on God, uh, the, the God that called him, the God that saved his life, that transformed his life. He wasn't going to turn away from that. And he realized he had to have that sound faith. And those three decisions, it kind of set his life up for the rest of his life. And we see those three decisions that he made. Number two this morning, go back to our uh, text verse in Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 24. And uh, I'm sorry I'm moving fast, but uh, hopefully you, you can keep up with me. Acts 20, uh, Acts 20, verse 24. 
Acts 20, verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, neither count on my life dear unto myself, but none of these things move me. And you realize number two is that Paul had a determination. There was a determination in his life that he wasn't going to quit on God. He, he knew what God had called him to do, and he wasn't going to quit on God. If you look up just one verse above that, in verse 23, he says, Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide, abide me. And you realize that no matter where Paul went in his ministry, he realized that those bonds and those afflictions, they were going to be a part of his life. He even references talking about the thorn in his side and the thorn in his flesh and realized that those bonds, wherever he was, and realized as he persecuted Christians, he threw them in jail. Now that God transformed his life, he was the one that was being thrown in jail. And he realized that that was going to be a part of his life. And he, he, he accepted it. He accepted that, that challenge uh, no matter where he was going to go, no matter where he was going to preach the gospel, that those things were going to be a part of his life. He testifies it in Acts 22 and 26. I don't, don't have time to go over there, but as he stands trial in front of judges, he gives his, his, account, uh, his account of his uh, salvation experience of how his testimony spoke to those judges, those, uh, those uh, people that were putting him on trial, and how his testimony uh, spoke to them, and how he almost converted one of those judges, and realized just because of him realizing that those bonds and those, those afflictions that were with him, that he was going to have the determination to keep going and keep going forward. I'm going to give you a simple, a simple, a simple victory. Or realize the formula for victory. He testifies over in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. One verse that has stuck with me uh, this this whole year. I was going through a lessons on um, of walking through the fire in the first, uh, first uh, the book of First Peter, and realizing that the the experience that Peter went through and the experience in his life. And realizing of what, how he was trying to teach others. He was trying to teach younger Christians of just sticking with it. And it all comes through experience. And he referenced, Peter referenced back to Paul. And he used this verse a lot and how it spoke to my heart. And I'm going to give it to you this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse number 12. Uh, just a simple formula for sticking with the determination in our life. It says here, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant and prayer, rejoicing in hope, patient tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And realize that that hope that we have, the hope that we have in God's word, the hope that we have in him, the hope that he gives to us. When most people choose to walk in darkness uh, rather than light, realize that this, this world is so dark and there's people that are going to reject God and reject him. But us as Christians, we have this hope in him. We have a hope in God's word and we have a hope in eternal life. And this hope that he gives to us, that we get to be happy and realize that rejoicing that comes from that, uh, it, comes from, it comes from God and rejoicing, putting our hope and our faith in Christ and putting that uh, rejoicing that we can be happy in him. Secondly, he says in this verse, patient and tribulation. In James 1, chapter 3 and 4, it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And realize that God puts a trial in our life most of the time for us to experience that and for us just to step back a second and let God work in our life and realizing that those, those bonds and afflictions that were in Paul's life and as he was sitting in, those jail cell, in that jail cell and you realize that as he was writing those letters to other preachers and other churches 
churches in other, in other cities and realized that Paul, he just had to sit there for a moment. He couldn't do anything. He could only praise God. He could preach God right there in the jails, but he couldn't go anywhere. And you realize that the, the still times in our life and the stillness that God puts us in those trials in our life, for us to get to the end of uh, the, that trial and the end of the, those uh, tribulations, sometimes it just takes for us just to sit still for a second and let God work, let God work in our life. And that's what Paul had to do here for, for him to, uh, to realize that he was going to get to the end. He couldn't do it in his own power. He had to let God work in his life. First Peter 5, verse number 10, it says, But the grace of all God who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and sell to you. You use that word perfect. It's a maturing process. a maturing. And he says at the end of it, God's going to establish, he's going to strengthen, he's going to settle you. And realize that if you let God work, and you let God work in your life, and just sitting still for a second, not trying to do it in your own power, and letting God work, just staying patient, patient and realizing that God's trying to work in you. He's trying to get you to a point where you can move on, but we have to realize it's in God's time. And lastly, I see in this verse, the most important part of this verse, he says, continuing instant in prayer, continuing instant in prayer. And you realize most of the time in our life, uh, we get to a point where we're going through a hard time, and the, the first thing that we do is we try to do it in our own power, and we forget God. And that's why he wants to focus on us staying consistent in prayer, consing, uh, staying consistent on our knees and realizing that power comes from God. And for us to get to the end of that journey, uh, for us to get, to, the, to get over the hump of that trial and that, that tribulation, that we have to have Christ, we have to have God, and it all comes through prayer and staying consistent in prayer. Uh, one of my favorite verses here in James chapter 5, 16, it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And those two words right there, effectual and fervent, realizing that effectual is something that's successful, something that's very productive and fervent, and something that's passionate. And realize if we pray, if we have a meaningful, and we realize that we go to God and we give God to our situations and realize he can have the outcome. And we realize that God can, he can create a way for us to get through and to get through that, that moments. And for us to have that determination in our life, to make that, that decision and to accept this challenge of getting through that moment of getting through and we have to have that determination realizing we can't worry about it we can only let God God's in control he's going to take care of that of our situations and having the determination to get through to get to that moment and he says back in Acts 20 24 uh, as I move on I'm going to get to my third point in just a second but as he says here in Acts 20 Verse 24, he says that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry and realize he had to have that determination. He was going to get to that point in his life. He was going to get across there and he wanted to finish God, what God called him to do. He had to have that determination in his life. So we see number one this morning was the decision. Number two was the determination. Number three, I was trying to find a word uh, that, uh, that went along with my, uh, with my sermon, and so I had to kind of do some uh, searching for this word, trying to keep it alliterated. But if you look uh, here back in our text verse, in verse 24, he says right here, he says, And the ministry... And when I thought about the ministry, I thought about the people, the people that Paul came across every day, the people that he influenced. And I came across this word number three we see here is the droves, is the droves. And talking about the people, the crowds of people that Paul influenced and how he was able to, uh, to influence and impact their life to be able to go out and share with them the gospel and then them going out and sharing the gospel and realize the people that he impacted. And it all came back from what, they had, what he had learned from the disciples and when, what the disciples had been learning and what they had been taught by Christ. And we'll go back to Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to show you an example here of what Christ is teaching and kind of a main point um, 
of what, how he taught the disciples, of how he taught them to look on people. Matthew chapter 9, verse, uh, verses 36 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 8, talking about people and how Paul wanted to be an example uh, from his teaching, from what Christ had taught the disciples and the disciples' teaching. Paul is found right here in Matthew chapter 9, verse number 36, and he says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. And you see, number one, in, the, in, the, in these verses here, that, Paul, that Christ, as he was trying to teach his disciples everything that he was doing, everywhere he went, he was trying to teach them of how to look on people. And he saw, number one, was the responsibility. And you see right here, the responsibility that Christ saw, uh, that he saw, he says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. And he saw Christ saw a physical responsibility to, to help these people, these people that were in need. And uh, the, the Bible gives stories about him feeding people, feeding the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, and him meeting the physical needs, but bigger and above that, Christ saw the spiritual need, the spiritual responsibility of these people, of how they were lost, of how they were on their way to hell, realized how he had to reach their, their, their spiritual responsibility and seeing people and how Christ saw people, how he saw people in need, and how he was able to teach his disciples. I can go over John to, sorry, to Acts chapter 3 and Peter and John as they were on their way to the temple that morning and they came across that lame man, the lame man that couldn't do anything. He was, he was there begging for alms and you realize that the, the Bible says that they saw, they, they looked aside and they saw him. Peter and John, they could have, they could have just simply walked by him they could have ignored him, but they saw a man that was in need. They saw someone that was in need, and Christ, as he was trying to teach the, 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 the disciples, uh, he was trying to realize that seeing people, seeing people's needs, and just lending a helping hand, and reaching out to them, the responsibility that we have, even in this world today, the responsibility that we have to go out and to reach the people, even in this town, in this world, in this country, and the many people that are in darkness, that we have, we have the answer, we have the solution, we walk in light, and we have Christ, and we can, we can give it to someone. We are able to give them this spiritual need. So we, we see this responsibility. Number two, I see in verse number 38 here, he says, he said, there's no, verse number 38, he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I see here is the request, this request that Christ made. He, he's, telling, he's telling them, he says, pray. He says, pray that, they, he says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers and realize it's the Christian's responsibility for us to, for us to pray to God that he's going to send, he's going to send forth people. He says, the harvest truly is plenteous and laborers are few. There's always, there's always going to be a harvest. In this world, there's always going to be, there's always going to be people to reach and it's our responsibility for us to pray, for God, for God to use us, for us to reach out and to reach to those people uh, that are in need. In this request that he was trying to teach, uh, the, the, trying to teach the disciples and how he can teach us through this verse and this request. Well, lastly, I see in, in all of this is the reward. And you realize you get to see the reward instantly. And in us going out and seeing people, people that are in need, and us being out and to reaching to them and, being, and giving them Christ and giving them the Bible and giving them a, a solution, a true answer, and you realize you get to see that instantly right away in this world. As you win someone to Christ, you get to see them and bring them to church and realize how they get to grow. And that reward comes right away of us just seeing people, of us seeing the need and the responsibility, the request and the 
reward. It all is what, uh, is what came down to what Paul, of how he looked at people, of how he wanted to reach people, of how he wanted to reach uh, the world for Christ, and how he saw that the ministry was about uh, the people and how he saw them, he looked, he looked at people, and he was looking for needs. He was looking to, to fill those needs, and he saw that. Lastly, I want to give you number four this morning. I'm almost finished here. Number four is the delight. If you look back with me in Acts chapter 20, verse number 24, the last part of this verse here, actually right in the middle, Acts 20, verse 24, just two simple words here. It says, but none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. He says here, with joy. And he realized no matter where he went in life, no matter where he was going to go, that Paul came down to this moment, and he was going to finish his course. He wanted to finish his course with joy. He wanted to do it with happiness. And he realized that there's, there was going to be happiness and suffering. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 9 and 10, he says here, he says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He says, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and realize that there was going to be happiness. He wanted to have happiness no matter where his ministry took him, no matter if he was sitting in a jail cell or if he was standing in front of a group of people preaching the gospel, he was going to be happy. He was going to be happy about it. And there was happiness and suffering. And he realized that there was happiness in serving. In Psalms chapter 100, verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. And everything that we get to do for Christ and realize that we can, we can do it with a happy, we can do it with a smile on our face and where God has called us from, we could be living we can be living the worst life out here. We can live, be living uh, away from God and realize that we, we, get, we miss out on all the blessings that God has in our life. But we, uh, we know Christ. We know God. We know, the, we know the Bible. And we realize that what God's trying to do for us, and we, can, we get to be happy about it. I'm going to give you one last verse over in Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37, verse number 4. Psalms chapter 37, verse number 4. I'm talking about doing this with a smile on our face, being happy and serving God with a smile. Psalms 37, verse number 4. He says here, David, as he was writing this, he says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Of thine heart, and you realize that accepting this challenge, accepting what God has called us to do, what God wants us to do, and that we can be happy about it, of us, God giving it to us, and God giving it, He says He's going to, He shall give thee the desires of thine heart, and realizing that you, if you accept it with happiness, accepting what God wants us to do, this challenge, he, Paul was trying to teach, and he, as he was trying to share, he was trying to pass it down, of us trying to accept this challenge, of us, the greatest joy that it is to be able to serve Christ, to be able to serve God if we accept this challenge, accepting God as, as our God and as he gives us the gospel to go out and to share it with others, that we have the decision that we get to make on salvation, uh, the determination to finish, uh, the, to finish this course. And as he testified uh, in 2 Timothy, he says, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, and realized the, jo- the, the journey that Paul was on, the ministry that he had, he finished it, and he finished it serving God, and he finished it with happiness, and the happiness that we get uh, to be able to help people, to be, a, to be a helping hand, to lend a helping hand to someone else uh, in need. And we realized this morning,
But just this challenge that Paul gives to us as he testifies in this verse of how we can help people and how we can be a help to those in need this morning. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I just thank you for the, uh, the message, Lord. Just thank you for uh, using me, Lord, just to betray, Lord, what Paul's uh, ministry meant, Lord, of how he looked uh, to others and how he looked to uh, those that were around him. Lord, if, uh, how he accepted that challenge that you placed in his life, Lord, if, uh, how you present that to each and every single one of us here, Lord, as we live here on this earth. As long as we live here, Lord, we have responsibility to, to reach those people that are lost, to reach the people that are in need, Lord. Help us to look aside beyond, our, beyond ourselves, Lord, just look beyond and, uh, what you have for us, Lord, just hopefully that we'd be open to you and be, we'd be open to your word, Lord. As I turn this invitation over, Lord, to the pastor, Lord, just thank you for the privilege that I get to preach your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.